At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Always on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, Julian Edlow from DraftKings. Will join us here on the program. We'll talk some NFL and college football. The NFL preseason officially got kicked off last week with the Hall of Fame game, but week one, that was week zero. Week one of the preseason was Thursday night. Two games, the Giants with a last-second field goal, beating the Patriots 23-21, and the Ravens winning their 21st consecutive preseason game, 23-10 over the Titans. Uh, the biggest takeaway from both of these games as we start with the Giants game, I thought the Giants offense looked okay. Uh, not much to see as Brian Dable doesn't really want to let anything out during the preseason. He's kind of content with just eh, going through the motions and letting his guys get work. Daniel Jones, the presumed starter, did get the start, and then Tyrod Taylor played uh, the bulk of the minutes there. And I think there's a lot of people that believe Tyrod Taylor would be better for this team. There, there's an anti-Daniel Jones sentiment out there that I kind of understand. He's had his issues, but he's also shown that he could be a dynamic playmaker. And I think in this Brian Dable offense, um, looking at, the way that Josh Allen kind of emerged, I think we have to give Daniel Jones a chance. And yes, there was an early video of him struggling and missing some throws there in training camp, and Brian Dable not happy about that. In fact, Brian Dable doesn't want anything being released into the public, so he has banned the media and the fans from filming anything in training camp, so they don't want to show anything. And I kind of got the sense here watching them and the play calling uh, in the first preseason game, it's, it's kind of like I thought it was going to be. It was kind of vanilla. But Daniel Jones goes out, decent drive, probably would have resulted in a score if Kenny Galladay doesn't drop the football. But Daniel Jones, 6 of 10 passing, 69 yards. He uh, also rushed just one time for 6 yards. Tyrod Taylor, meanwhile, 13 of 21 passing. 129 yards and a touchdown to Antonio Williams, who had nine catches 
for 61 yards. Saquon Barkley was involved early, four carries for 13 yards. So, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the touchdown, uh, Richie James caught the touchdown. I'm sorry, Antonio Williams rushed in a touchdown. Richie James caught the touchdown from uh, Tyrod Taylor. I like Tyrod Taylor. I like him a lot. And uh, I think that he's a, a very serviceable backup. And if Daniel Jones gets hurt, which he has time and time again in his career, then I think the Giants are very comfortable with Tyrod Taylor leading this offense. So I'm very optimistic about the Giants. Uh, I don't know if I'd be on them at 7-1 to one to win the division, but I, 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 maybe I could take a flyer on that. I think they'll go over their win total. I've said that multiple times on this network. Uh, I've been very high. I said Daniel Jones, comeback player of the year at 8-1. to one. Brian Dable for coach of the year is a bet that I like as well because I do think this Giants team will be very, very competitive. Now, they go out and win the division. Brian Dable's guaranteed to win this coach of the year award because what a turnaround that would be. For the Patriots, it was a lot about their play calling. Who would call the plays on offense? There's no coordinator, so uh, they actually split up the duties. Matt Patricia called the plays when Brian Hoyer was in the game, and Joe Judge, speaking of the Giants, former Giants head coach, called the plays uh, when Bailey Zappi, the Western Kentucky quarterback, was in the game. Uh, Bailey Zappi, 19 of 32 passing, 205 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Brian Hoyer, 5 of 8 passing, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Obviously, no Mac Jones, not a lot of starters, no starters really for the Patriots. And then game two, everyone, the entire public, all over the Baltimore Ravens. And it was interesting because the line actually moved against them. It was 4.5, it went down to 3.5, went down to 3. I took a flyer on the Titans. And everyone talks about trends, winning in the preseason, that's fine. And if that was your handicap going into this game, that the Ravens have won 21 straight, so be it. I'm not going to talk you against it. But to me, saying that the Ravens have won 21 straight preseason games is almost... Now, I'm not disrespecting it, but it's almost like telling me the roulette wheel came up black 10 times in a row. Everyone knows that the probability is exactly the same on every single spin and that each individual spin has its own probability. It does not matter if black comes out 99 times in a row. That 100th spin has the same exact mathematical probability of landing red, or landing black, or landing green. So to tell me that the Ravens won 20 straight preseason games, my question to anybody who gives that as a reason to bet this game, what does it have to do with the price of tea in China? What does the 2017 team have to do with the 2022 team? What does the 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021 team have to do with the 2022 team? Now, you could tell me that 
the streak is evidence that John Harbaugh wants to win so that he coaches the game differently because he wants to win. And I would say that's fair. That's fair of you to assume that based on the results. He's 120 straight. Clearly, he likes winning. Coming into this game, I ignored the 20 prior games and instead handicapped this game. I knew the starters would not play for the Baltimore Ravens. I also knew that the Ravens' primary backups on offense would have an advantage over the Tennessee Titans' defense because Tyler Huntley is a very capable quarterback who has shown the ability to be a starter and to win games. I thought, based on the Titans' depth chart, that Malik Willis, who is listed as the third stringer, was going to play in the second half of this football game. And so, if you listened to me last night when I gave out Titans as a play, it was because I said in the second half of this game, Malik Willis is going to shine. That he was far superior talent-wise to the defense that he was going to go up against, and you would see something special from this kid. And I felt the Titans were going to be able to score in the second half, led by Malik Willis, and we could have a backdoor situation, or maybe even a Titans outright victory once the second team for the Ravens, led by Tyler Huntley, was off the field. When I tuned into the game and saw Malik Willis starting, everything was thrown out the window. You could rip up the ticket then and there. Malik Willis looked really good. Really good in that first half. Titans had a 10-7 lead. And then Ravens score with 35 seconds left in the first half. Take a 14-10 lead into the locker room. But everything that I thought about Malik Willis, I saw it. And it was against the better players. Now imagine if what we saw from Malik Willis, the the seven-yard touchdown run, the 43-yard bomb. Imagine we saw that, or the 48-yard bomb, whatever it was. Imagine we saw that, but against fourth-string defenders? Man, Titans probably scored two touchdowns in the second half. But Malik Willis played the first half. Six of 11 passing, 107 yards. He did have that um, touchdown run. He finished five carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. So he proved that he could run for first downs when needed. He showed the arm strength with the 48-yard bomb down the field. And he showed poise on the touchdown run where it looked like the play was broken. He rolled out to his right. It looked like it was a broken play. There was nothing there. He went back to his left, broke a couple of tackles, and fought his way into the end zone. And if I'm Mike Vrabel, I'm giving strong consideration to what my team would look like with Malik Willis as my starting quarterback. 
This kid is very talented. And I don't know what I'm going to get from Ryan Tannehill without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And how much can they just rely on handing it off to Derrick Henry and utilizing the play action? Imagine you have a dynamic athlete in Malik Willis running that offense with Derrick Henry as a weapon, with his running ability as a weapon, with his big arm as a weapon. Don't be surprised if we see Malik Willis start by midseason this year for the Titans. We'll talk to Julian Edlow from DraftKings about more NFL and college football coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. betting experts all season this is the look ahead on vsin the sports betting network scott seidenberg back here with you this is the look ahead here on vsin the sports betting network at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Work always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Joining me now from DraftKings is Julian Edlow. And Julian, thanks so much for giving us a couple of minutes here on VSIN. And the NFL preseason is officially underway. So, how do you utilize the preseason? How do you look at it and evaluate it as you prepare to make regular season bets? Yeah, I mean, professional betters will tell you and you know this scott that preseason can offer bigger edges than than the regular season and um they'll be willing to bet those larger than the regular season i don't know if i'm quite there in terms of making my biggest bets of the year in preseason but there are there are spots that i'll i'll bet um and you know in in terms of in terms of the rest of the the weekend i have one circled for for saturday night that i wrote up in my my article on the DraftKings playbook, it's a total in uh, in that Chargers-Rams game. It was 30 last I looked. I played the under. These are two teams that don't show anything in preseason. They could not care less. Um, Staley and McVay are there to run the clock out, make sure nobody gets hurt, and go home. Um, we saw them play. Obviously, it's convenient, both in L.A., so we saw them play in week one of the preseason last year. Final score of that game was 13-6. to six. And that's about what those teams did the rest of the preseason. I think the Rams averaged just over 11 points per game in the preseason, and the Chargers 
averaged seven points per game in the preseason. Um, they they continued to go under by a wide margin. So seeing that at thirty, that was a spot that I I thought was a good edge, and I'm I'm willing to to put some money on that on Saturday night. So not going to play every game on the board, but yeah, I think there's spots in preseason that you can identify. How concerned are you with the Matthew Stafford elbow? Uh, it's not a good thing. It's definitely not a good thing. Um, and, you know, I think that we're not going to get any type of, of look at him. Like I just, we just spoke about McVay and, and how he could not care less about the preseason. So I, I we're not going to see Stafford at any point in time and we're not going to see him until it's real snaps, which makes it tough to back the Rams anytime early. Um, and we know Stafford's had, had injuries throughout his career. So I, I'm not I'm not comfortable really guessing until we see him, but given his injury history, I would say this is going to be a little something until we see him play well. And we've already seen that affect the Thursday night opener with the Bills becoming, you know, going from roughly a pick to to a little bit larger favorites on on the road and I, I do think that's ultimately going to be be the right side. That team celebrating the Super Bowl win at home versus the team that is just as talented as the rest of the teams that are capable of winning the Super Bowl, but went out in ultimate bad beat fashion in that game in Kansas City. They got a bad taste in their mouths. Like I, I thought the Bills were the right side to begin with, and now if Stafford's going to be a little dinged up with no preseason snaps under his belt, that makes sense. Yep, I'm under the uh, Stafford under passing yards this season. Uh, injury there you go. could also come into play, but I do think there's going to be, even if he doesn't get hurt or, or doesn't miss any time, uh, they're going to run the ball more and I think take a little pressure off of Matthew Stafford, plus the loss of Kevin O'Connell there, the uh, passing game coordinator, now the head coach in Minnesota, I think absolutely affects things. When it comes to that division, uh, how high are you on the 49ers? And uh, ultimately, who do you have coming out of the West? This is one of those divisions I don't have much of an opinion on, to be honest. Um, it's not quite as competitive as the AFC West, where you could tell me any team wins it, and I wouldn't be surprised. I guess the Raiders would be the biggest surprise there, but that's going to be an, uh, an ultra-competitive division. This is going to be an ultra-competitive division. Obviously, outside of Seattle would be the only real surprise. I don't think it's going to be them, but we have three really good teams there. Um, I think Arizona, with the Hopkins suspension, has the potential to take a little bit of a step down and that it probably comes between the Rams and the 49ers. I, like, I really want to say it's the 49ers because the Rams maybe slow down a little bit uh, coming off the high of that Super Bowl I think Arizona was was so hot last year and and kind of showed who they really were in the playoffs against the Rams and take a step back. Um, and obviously we're writing off Seattle, so I badly want to say the 49ers. I just don't know about Trey Lance in terms of having that success right away. Um, I think he's going to take some polishing. So that division is wide open, and I guess by default I'm, I'm going to be leaning with the Rams out of the gate until Trey Lance shows me that he, he's capable of winning a tough division in his first year as a starter. Give me a division bet you'd make right now. The Colts. Uh, the Colts are one that I bet at even money when they came out. I wrote them up on DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, or on DraftKings Playbook, uh, using the odds over at DK Sportsbook when they were minus 125. Um, I think they did move a, a tick more to 135. That's probably about as far as I would go, but. Everybody knows the difference between Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. It's going to be a, a big one, and you still got Jonathan Taylor running the ball. You got that fantastic offensive line. 
I think Matt Ryan's going to make Michael Pittman Jr. into a star out there at wide receiver, even though they're not that deep at receiver. Um, the defense is solid. You got Stephon Gilmore coming in there at corner. And one of the things I love about this division bet, <clears throat> there's not many that you can just write two teams off to begin with. The Jaguars and Texans aren't winning this division. I think we can write them off. Uh, some people are a little bit high on Jacksonville this year, but not in terms of contending in that division. So it comes down to Tennessee, who won it last year, and the Colts. And I think the difference in Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz compared to the drop-off that Tennessee should see, because they got really fortunate in some games, Ryan Tannehill is nothing special. He showed us that in that postseason game against the Bengals, throwing, like, that was one of the worst quarterback playoff games mm-hmm. I've seen in a while, with how timely those interceptions were, all backbreakers. Um, you lose Julio Jones, you lose A.J. Brown. It's all about Derrick Henry, and that defense wasn't really great to begin with. I'm pretty confident in just the Colts finishing ahead of the Titans there, and I feel like that's what you're betting on here. And if you, I'll just leave it at this. If you want, uh, like, maybe one of the, I don't want to say lock, but one of the closest thing to a lock, I think, on the NFL board right now, on DK Sportsbook, you can bet just top two teams in the division, and order doesn't matter. The Colts and the Titans in the AFC South are minus 240. I hate to give out a 240 bet. I'm giving out the Colts bet as a division winner, but like, I don't see how it's not Tennessee and Indy in some fashion in the top two there. I would agree with that. Um, in the NFC East, is it the Eagles that will win the division this year, or will the Cowboys become the first team to repeat since the Eagles did it in 04? Oh, man. This is, uh, this is another one where I-, I think the Cowboys take a step back. Uh, they lost so many pass catchers. Like I think CeeDee Lamb's going to see a ton of value if you're betting player props, if you're playing DFS. CeeDee Lamb is somebody I really love this season. Um, but there's, is there enough to, to fill in the rest to have that high-flying offense that they've had in years past? I say no, and Dallas takes a step back. So naturally, that means that Philly is the team. Philly's the hot team to, to step in. I just think there might be a little a little extra hype behind Philly. They're not a team that I'm I'm getting behind early in the season or betting any futures on. Um, I think Washington's going to be the worst team in the division. My my take, I guess, on on the NFC East, I bet the Giants over six and a half when that was the number. It's mm-hmm. now around even money at over seven. I think the Giants have eight or nine wins in them this year. I really do with the coaching change. Um, you know, getting away from the clown show that they've had the last last few years, shoring up the offensive line, getting some guys healthy. So I guess as a division bet, you take a stab on the longest odds in the board. I, I would sprinkle on the Giants, but I'm much more comfortable going with their win total over. How about a player prop you'd make? So if we're – I mean, CeeDee Lamb is one of the guy, one of two guys that I would consider for an over. His receptions are set at 90 and a half. I think that he's going to see like a 25% target share from Dak Prescott this year, which is going to put him, you know, looking at like 100, 110 receptions if he stays healthy. Um, overs obviously aren't what you want to be betting too much of. The only other over uh, – the only over that I've bet so far, actually. I haven't written it up yet. I plan to. I did bet Julio Jones over 550 uh, receiving yards. Obviously, a new addition to Tampa. Um, if you just go back and look at his production, he's gone over this every year of his career, except for last year when he played nine, uh, sorry, ten games with Ryan Tannehill and had 400 and something yards, and he fell short of this. He got this every single year of his career playing with Matt Ryan in Atlanta. In 2020, he got well over it in nine games. 
In 2013, he went over this number in five games with Atlanta, <laughs> obviously much younger. But you just put him with, with Tom Brady. You got uh, Godwin coming back from injury. I, I think he's going to mix in and be one of the guys. Like, look at how much uh, Tom Brady favored Antonio Brown there. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. 550 yards. Like, if we get 10, 11, 12 games out of Julio Jones and he gets a couple of 100-yard games in there and then just gets 50-yard games the rest of the way out, like – I think this is a, an easy one to to go over unless he suffers anything season-ending. I agree with you there. Uh, Julian, do me a favor. Hang on. Let's get into college football after the break. For sure. He's Julian Edlow from DraftKings. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Get some college football win totals, maybe some future bets as well from Julian coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we are rejoined here by Julian Edlow from DraftKings. You follow him on Twitter at Julian Edlow. That's his name, E-D-L-O-W, the host of the Unreasonable Odds podcast as well. And uh, let's switch gears, Julian. Let's get into a little college football now. Do you have a favorite win total bet that you would make right now at a current number? Oh, man, I'm going to be Joe Public here, um, and it's already gotten bet up so much, but it's the Utah Utes. I am on it over eight and a half. Um, It is the right call. I swear it's the right call. It's getting so steamed up. Um, But Utah to, to go over eight and a half, nine wins, uh utah at anything plus 250 or better to to win the pac-12 and then there's obviously the rule change in the pac-12 it's no longer north versus south division winners in the title game it's just the two best conference records so the way that we have the bet up on dk sportsbook is just to reach the pac-12 championship you can bet on that utah's sitting there at plus 115 just to make that championship game Mm. I, i like that as well um obviously i read and wrote an article on your guys v sin um college betting preview or college betting guide where I was thrilled to see that five of the six analysts that you guys had pick all the divisions and pick uh, the conferences and everything had Utah in the college football playoff Mm -hmm. five out of six Uh, that's sitting on the board at plus 500. So yeah, backing Utah is, is my favorite bet. I I think they come out, win that game in the swamp week one and, and just kind of roll from there. The only game on the board that they're an underdog is at Oregon and DK Sportsbook. We got that one sitting at one point, so it's it's essentially all games favored and a pick'em game for for Utah. I think they can they can win eleven games and win the Pac-12. Yeah, dogs going into the swamp in Week One, but I love taking the points there because I do think they win that one 
outright there in Florida. And then if that's the only real tough game on their schedule, uh, the sky's the limit for the Utes this year. Uh, any uh, other long shot plays when it comes to either winning the conference or reaching the college football playoff? Ooh, uh, Utah plus 500 is about as far as I'll go for reaching the playoff. Uh-huh. But I'll say in the ACC, um, I think Clemson's going to be really good. I think they're going to be better than than last year, but I'm not sold that Clemson is like all the way back. Are they going to blow the doors off Georgia Tech in that week one game? Absolutely. Are they going to win 10 games again? Probably. But I'm not sold that they're going to be as dominant as they've been in past years. So I think that opens the door for teams like last year's ACC champion. Pitt has a great defense. They bring in another good quarterback in Slovis to replace Kenny Pickett. They've got guys, um, and NC State, who, who beat Clemson last year at home. I know they're 10-point dogs at Clemson this year. Um, I, they're a team that I bet over eight and a half wins. I think they're going to you know, win about 10 games again. They probably have to win that game at Clemson to, to win that side of the conference and get into the conference championship game, which is why Pitt might be the better play. But I think Pitt and NC State are are very alive to to win the ACC when you know you got to lay you got to lay juice on Clemson to win that division. So that's obviously a little bit of an upset. What's your take on Miami? Everyone seems to be gushing over them this off season. Yeah, Miami's a team that I don't have a ton of an opinion on in the ACC. And I surprisingly, when I started doing all my college football research, I wound up with so many different plays in in the ACC and Miami's just not going to be one of them. I think they're right there with that eight and a half win total. They probably I would I would lean over. They probably win nine games. Um but I'm I'm high on on Pitt. I'm high on NC State. So I'm just kind of going to stay away from the rest. I, I like betting, you know, Pitt I think is plus two eighty to win that that coastal conference that Miami is in. I I prefer betting them at that number than than going to Miami there. Who wins the Big Twelve? Ooh, the Big 12 is open. Um, my favorite bet to win the Big 12, I think, is Baylor. At you know, you're getting what is it plus five six hundred there. I would go back to Baylor, who won it last year. I think they're going to have a, as good a chance as anyone this year. Obviously, Oklahoma and Texas, the big favorites. I don't know if they're going to be that great this season. We'll we'll see. There's so much up in the air with them uh, in terms of who they are right now, and then obviously where they're going in the future. Baylor would be the team for me. I think they bring back enough guys and they have that type of culture at this point that they can have a really good year. And let's talk Heisman. Uh, Any bets that you've made so far already or bets that you would make now to win the Heisman Trophy? So, you know, Bryce Young won it last year and he's he's the second favorite on the board this year. I I obviously, I'm an Alabama guy. I think they have a great shot to win every single game this season and, and be champions, honestly. Um, and that would be hard not to give him the award. But Ohio State's going to have that chance to go to go 12-0 and as well. I, I think that uh, C.J. Stroud is my preferred you know, quarterback to Bryce Young. Uh, we saw what he looked like in that Rose Bowl against Utah. So I, I don't hate eating the chalk if you, if you want to. I think that's a number that's going to get worse and worse as the season goes on, as Ohio State keeps winning. But the only thing that I've bet, and it lines right up with the team we started with, Utah, I'm just holding out hope that if somehow they go 12-0, and I got that Cam Rising 80-1 mm-hmm. to 1 ticket in my pocket. So I, all I have so far is the pizza money on Cam Rising. Nice. Um, if you're betting Alabama or you're looking for Alabama, I would look towards Jameer Gibbs. 
the transfer yep. running back. I think you know all the attention is going to be on Bryce Young. Watch for Gibbs to have a dominant season. So you know he's certainly a capable finalist for Alabama. My I long, agree with you there. My long shot bomb is Cade Klubnik. The true freshman mm-hmm. quarterback at Clemson, if DJ Uyungle struggles at the beginning of the season, we could see Dabo Swinney go to Cade Klubnik, who is the number one quarterback recruit in the country. And if he leads Clemson to an undefeated season, an ACC championship, and a college football playoff berth, maybe the numbers are there for the true freshman to win the Heisman Trophy. So that would be my bomb shot. I like both of those calls, honestly, um, because the quarterback at Clemson in DJ is one of the reasons that I think that they're, they're beatable in the ACC. So if they do make that move and, uh, you know, kind of go back to the status that they were, that quarterback is what get the quarterback changes, what gets the offense going. I I could see that narrative. Yeah. And the other one, I'm thinking about Dylan Gabriel just because, you know, he's at Oklahoma now, so it's much higher Mm -hmm. profile than UCF, but he's also running the same offense he ran at UCF under Jeff Levy. So now you put him in the same offense, but you give him the talent of Oklahoma and the nationally televised games, and I think that maybe he can turn heads. Yeah, I hear. I'm the argument's definitely there on on paper. I guess I would just I like the other names you threw out above him. I guess because I think they have a more realistic shot to be eleven and twelve win teams and and have the notoriety to to get there. I don't think Oklahoma can win 11 or 12 games, which is what you probably need to get the award. But in theory, it's there. And obviously I could just be wrong about Oklahoma and then it's a great play. Yeah. Uh, I'm certainly not going to back Quinn Ewers in Texas though. So uh, you know, there's <laughs> we'll a stay away from that one. The hype train is all on Texas, but uh, I'm not jumping aboard just yet. Julian, I appreciate the time and the conversation. Look forward to catching up with you throughout the seasons. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me, Scott. He's Julian Edlow from DraftKings. Follow him on Twitter at Julian Edlow. We just got done talking some college football, so let me remind you the college football guide is out now, so start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our season win totals, our best bets for that, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VEASAN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VEASAN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vcin.com slash subscribe. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at the entire Major League Baseball board for Friday. We got a full slate of games, including several key series that have an impact now on postseason races, whether it's the battle for the National League Central, the Brewers and the Cardinals, the Mets take on the Phillies in a key series, not just in the NL East, but also for the National League Wild Card. We have the Orioles and the Rays battling for the American League Wild Card and It's Yankees, Red Sox. Come on. It's the greatest rivalry in all of sports. So I don't care what the records are. Whenever it's Yankees, Red Sox, it's going to draw 
eyeballs. We'll take a look at those games, go over the starting pitchers and the numbers coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's take a look at the betting splits for the NFL preseason games we have coming up here on Friday night. The Falcons will take on the Lions in Detroit, currently 58% of the bets and 46% of the handle, though, on the Lions. That game is a pick 'em. The Browns are a one point favorite at the Jaguars. And as of now, Deshaun Watson will start that game for Cleveland. 72% of the tickets, 62% of the handle on the Cleveland Browns. Cardinals will be at the Bengals, Cincinnati, two-point favorites. 57% of the bets are on the Bengals, but 79% of the handle is on the Bengals. The Jets are at the Eagles, Philly, a one-point favorite, 74% of the bets, 74% of the handle on Philadelphia, and then the Packers at the 49ers, San Fran, minus two and a half. You got 64% of the bets on the 49ers. However, 75% of the handle is on Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Let's take a look at the Major League Baseball betting board for Friday, and we'll start with uh, the Braves at the Marlins. Going to be Jake Odorizzi getting the start for Atlanta against Pablo Lopez for Miami. Miami coming off a um, avoiding the sweep against Philadelphia. They got a win on Thursday. And Atlanta is a minus 160 favorite total of seven and a half. The Padres are at the Nationals. Mike Clevenger gets the start for the Padres. And uh, it's going to be Corey Abbott 
getting the start for the Nationals. Juan Soto makes his return to D.C. San Diego minus 240 favorites. I'll tell you what a fun bet here in this one is. A Juan Soto anytime home run bet. Uh, I could see that happening with him playing in front of his former home fans. The Guardians are at the Blue Jays. Cal Quantrill gets the start for Cleveland. Jose Barrios goes for Toronto. The Blue Jays are minus 155 with a total of nine. Toronto coming off back-to-back losses against the Orioles. They did have an off day, though, uh, because uh, actually they've had two off days because they had the rain out from uh, Wednesday. They did not play on Thursday, and now they play here on Friday. The Orioles, speaking of them, they just lost to the Red Sox, which uh, snapped their two-game winning streak. Now they travel to Tampa for a clutch series against the Rays. And Corey Kluber gets the start for Tampa. Andrew Voth, uh, excuse me, Austin Voth gets the start for the Orioles. Tampa Bay is minus 155 in this game. Taking a look at the wild card standings in the American League. The Orioles are a half game back of the Tampa Bay Rays as they begin this series. The Tigers will travel to Chicago to take on the White Sox, and Michael Kopech gets the start for Chicago. Daniel Norris will go for the Tigers. White Sox coming off a loss against the Kansas City Royals. They actually lost three of four against KC. Chicago minus 235 with a total of eight and a half. Yankees and Red Sox renew the rivalry in Fenway. Domingo Herman gets the start for the Yanks. Nate Yavaldi goes for the Red Sox. Yankees are minus 125, total of 9.5 for Herman. He carries a 5.09 ERA into this game, although he is coming off of a good start where he only allowed one run against the Cardinals in five innings of work and a lot of that ERA has to do with his first outing where he got rocked this season. Phillies will take on the Mets in a key series in the National League. The Mets not worried about the Phillies in the NL East. They're 10 and a half games up on the Phillies, but Philadelphia is creeping up the wild card standings. They are currently uh the second wild card, three and a half games back of the Braves for the first wild card in the National League. Max Scherzer gets the start For the Mets, they are minus 195, and he opposes Ranger Suarez going for Philadelphia. For Scherzer, he carries an 8-2 record with a 1.98 ERA this season and a .9 whip. At home this year, opponents are batting 186 against Max Scherzer, and he has struck out 54 batters in 45 and two-thirds innings at City Field, where he carries a 1.77 ERA. For Ranger Suarez, um, rough start to his season, but has been solid as of late. He actually carried three consecutive starts in the month of July without allowing an earned run. Gave up three earned runs, though, in five and a third innings his last time out against the Nationals. The Mets, once again, are heavy favorites Minus 195. Mariners take on the Rangers. George Kirby is going to get the start for Seattle. And it looks like Josh Spores will get the start for Texas. 
and I uh, haven't seen a line on this game. Let's see if we can refresh. And we got one here. Mm, nope, nothing just yet. So uh, maybe a little uncertainty with the lineups or the pitching rotation there. Dodgers take on the Royals. Dodgers are absolutely rolling. They've won 10 straight. All 10 have been by the one and a half run line. So if you want to lay a run and a half with the Dodgers, by all means, go ahead. Tony Gonsolin gets the ball 13 and 1 with a 2.3 ERA going up against Daniel Lynch, 4 and 7 with a 4.79. Dodgers minus 235. But if you were to take the Dodgers on the run line, it is currently minus 150. The A's are at the Astros. Luis Garcia goes for Houston. Adam Aller goes for the A's. Houston is minus 345 in this matchup, minus 166 on the run line. Currently, Houston um, bounced back with a win against the Rangers after losing the day before. So, And that was Framber Valdez throwing seven scoreless innings. The Astros currently have the best record. In the American League, 72 and 41. The Brewers and Cardinals in a massive series for first place in the National League Central. Eric Lauer goes for Milwaukee. Jordan Montgomery gets his second start for St. Louis. The Cardinals at home, minus 165 with a total of eight. St. Louis just dropped two of three to the lowly Rockies. But I think a different intensity level in this series against their division rival with first place on the line. The Diamondbacks will take on those Rockies. Zach Davies gets the start for Arizona. Antonio Sanzatella for Colorado. Rockies minus 120 with a total of 12 and a half. The Twins take on the Angels. Tyler Molly goes for Minnesota against uh, Patrick Sandoval. For the Angels, Minnesota is minus 130 with a total of eight. And the Pirates will take on the Giants. And Bryce Wilson gets the start for Pittsburgh against Carlos Rodon for the Giants. Giants are minus 278 with a low total of seven and a half. Giants on the run line are minus 125. And if we look at the Giants in the first five innings, they are minus 280, and but minus, uh, oh, wow. I'm seeing a minus one, one and a half run line. Uh, I would imagine minus a half on the run line would probably be massively juiced. Just backing Carlos Rodon. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I. Are. Uh, that's the baseball board coming up here for um, this Friday, and I'll be very uh, locked into probably this Mets-Phillies game. I, I know the Phillies are decent at a plus-money price, but I got to back Max Scherzer. He's just been so, so good. We'll see what the number gets to, though. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Rocky Boyman, ESPN College Football Analyst, will join the program at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time. At 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Brad Powers college football handicapper, and then at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Chuck Adele, professional sports better, joins the program. That's all coming up on Friday morning's edition of Follow the Money. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I will tweet out when the baseball card is up on the vcin.com daily best bets page, as well as tweeting out the play of the day as well. This is The Look Ahead. 
with me, Scott Seidenberg, here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.